Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here and great to have you along. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, hey, thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoy it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or you can get in touch with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere you want to find us. Hey, going to kick this episode off with a chat about motorcycle insurance. Uh, it's not a glamorous topic, it's a bit boring, but hey, this one I genuinely think could save you some money. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Protector Insurance came on board as the sponsor of our Winter Riding Tips segment. You've probably heard it. We've got another one coming up later in the show. But did you know that they are actually really competitive? really well priced if you jump on motonz.com and go to the uh, tips and tricks section you'll see a link there to the online quote love you to go and check that out i'll give you a reason to do it though i did a quote from a Tenere 700 and they came in around about 15 dollars a month cheaper than my previous insurers and i thought i had a good deal there they do agreed value they cover your riding gear up to $1,500, 24-hour roadside assistance for flat tires, damaged wheels, flat batteries, lost keys, all that sort of stuff. You can get track day hire, so if you want to take your motorbike on track, you are covered if you bin it. Um, transport cover, so they'll uh, you know cover your motorbike if it's damaged on a trailer, and they'll give you your booking fee of 50 bucks back if you do a ride forever course those are some massive benefits to signing up with protector insurance plus there's additional cover for keys and locks and uh you know people horribly damaging your ignition uh trying to steer your bike uh, salvage cover legal defense all that sort of stuff i realize this sounds like a shameless plug for protector insurance but i promise you they haven't paid for this i just did the quote and was surprised that they're coming in 15 bucks a month cheaper than my current insurance and i get some brilliant benefits by going with them so i invite you to go to motonz.com have a look at our winter riding tips uh they're all listed there and click on the link in those stories to go through to the uh the quote page you get an online quote i did it i popped in my agreed value so if my motorbike is written off or stolen that's how much i get paid out i added in about three thousand dollars for modifications you know crash bars skid plate all that sort of stuff uh, they've covered my bike and I'm so I'm now insured for more including my uh, modifications my add-ons but I'm paying less than I was that to me is a brilliant deal thank you very much protector insurance uh, I, I feel like I am well covered and you can check out all the policy wordings there uh, with that no obligation quote and uh, make sure that you are comparing apples with apples because I've, I've been with a few different insurance companies and I'm always looking for a good deal in the good Kiwi spirit. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Protector Insurance. And, and as I say, this, this whole blurb at the start of this podcast has not been paid for. In fact, I don't even think they know I'm telling you this. I'm getting a good deal. I want you to get a good deal too. Right, on with the podcast. Winter Riding Tips. 
with Protector Insurance. They have your back, even in the worst conditions. Being cold is no fun. It makes you tense, tired and reduces your mental concentration and dexterity. Layering your clothes and gear is important to keep your core warm. A good thermal or merino-based layer should always be your go-to. Good gloves. Thermally insulated with heated grips or even electrically heated gloves are a good option too. If you're riding through rain, ask yourself, is your gear properly waterproof? If not, a waterproof overlayer might be in order. Or maybe just upgrading your main riding gear. Riding when you're warm will help you relax, and this is important when you're on the road for a long day. Consider a ride forever course in the winter months. There's a lot to learn, and you don't know what you don't know. Winter Riding Tips With Protector Insurance Insurance for motorcycles by motorcyclists. See protectorinsurance.co.nz for a quote today. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-A insurance.co.nz All right, welcome along. Well, it is a Sunday night. It is freezing cold. Uh, Matthew Day Gillett has COVID. Him and his family are under the uh, weather. So I am on my own. uh, And I've got a few things to have a chat with you about. A few things I've been testing out. Uh, and one um, more serious topic to go over. Uh, but the first the first things first, the first things I have been testing out, and I'm going to walk around my garage and, and move things while I'm talk, talking to you about it. Um, Moscow Moto, a few weeks, months ago, sent me the uh, Backcountry 40-litre duffel, which I am manhandling around the garage now, and the Nomax tank bag. Uh, let's start with the Nomax tank bag. Tank bag. And that's it because I've uh, I've had more use out of it and I've got more thoughts on it. So the Nomax tank bag, if you're familiar with the standard tank bag, usually it's you know a giant compartment with a couple of little pockets. Uh, you strap it to strap it to the tank of your bike and that's it. The Nomax tank bag is a little bit different. Um, if you heard me talking about it a few weeks ago in my first look video uh, or story on the podcast, it's more like a Rolodex. You've got one, two, two main pockets plus a third Velcro, Velcro secured, they call it the, uh, the beaver tail. Um, and then inside each of those pockets, you've got many different zippy compartments. Uh, then you've got um, a big pocket on the back for a two litre water bladder. Uh, and it's really good. It's got a place for everything. It's got a, a clip on the front, like a carabiner clip for your keys. Um, on the odd occasion where I've been at the supermarket and needed to carry a 1.5 litre Coke or a bag of chips or something home, uh, I've tucked that inside the beaver tail and then used the uh, adjustable clippy straps to kind of fasten it down. It's been really handy, really handy. And um, it's really versatile as well. So in my garage at the moment, I've got a Pan America, a Harley Davidson Pan America. And I'm looking at ways that I could install the Nomax um, Moscow Moto Nomax tank bag on the Pan America and it definitely could be done so it's got the straps that go around the headstock of the bike or around the bars I guess it could go around the around the center of the bars there that would work and then it's got um, down by your knees a couple of uh, extra 
straps that go down to clips that cable tie to the frame and I'm a little bit more pushed for where I would attach those to. So maybe the, on, the, on the Pan America it's not ideal. I mean I could run them straight back to the pillion pegs. That'd keep them nice and tight to the body and I probably wouldn't feel them on uh, between my knees. Um, on the Tenere 700 I've got the straps that come from the bottom corners of the bag uh, running straight down to the crash bars. Uh, where the crash bars attach to the engine and frame just below my knees when I'm sitting on the bike. Uh, and that works quite well. I can feel the straps, but there's a lot of adjustment. There's a lot of extra strap there, so I can feel that as well. So um, Moscow Moto Nomax tank bag, it's it's a win from, uh, from me. Um, generally, I use it for carrying around camera equipment. I've got two 360 cameras, uh, a tripod, I've got the wireless mic set up, I've got an extra uh, Cardo, uh, I've got an extension, I've got a whole stack of GoPro accessories. Yeah, so that all lives in there and um, I take it off the bike when I don't need it. Um, some, some really nice touches that they've done to this tank bag. The, um, the back panel that's against the bike is nice and soft. So unless you get some grit in there, it's not going to damage the bike or the paint of the bike at all. It also has uh, tucked away in one of the pockets um, some uh, backpack straps. So you can whip them out, attach them to the bottom of the, of the pack and uh, use it as a backpack, uh, which is brilliant because, you know, it's versatile. Um, the other thing Moscow Moto sent me was, uh, of course, the Backcountry 40-litre duffel, which... Uh, this is quite cool. So it is a roll top system, but it doesn't just roll top from one side, it roll tops from both sides. So if you're on the road and you've tucked something right at the bottom of the bag, for want of a better term, <clears throat> you can unroll the other side and it's effectively at the top. So if you unroll both sides, you can, you can see right through, you could... You could reach right through, no dramas. Um, but apparently with both sides rolled down, you've got 40 litres of, of uh, luggage space in there. And then you've got three massive clips on the back of the bag, which I'm undoing now. And that's what they call the beaver tail. Inside the beaver tail, you've got uh, a clear pouch for your map. It's also removable with Velcro. You've got another clear removable Velcro pouch on this side, which would be good for toiletries. You've got a tent pole uh, pocket. Velcro fastened. Be good for a uh, tripod. And then a whole bunch of Molly uh, rings to clip things to. Um, so that'd be a really good... Um, there's a Slater. Get off. Get off. You're not welcome. Um, that'd be a really good situation for like my moto camping trip with Matthew Day Gillett and the boys uh, earlier in the year. Um, so I haven't had a lot of use from the Moscow Moto 40 litre duffel. Um, what I have noticed with it is that 40 litres is a lot of luggage. The bag itself is, is quite solid, like it's, um, it's a really well tight woven Cordura. Uh, and there's lots of pockets and stuff. So the bag itself actually weighs a bit. We're talking probably a kg or so. 
I know it doesn't seem like much, but you know, you feel it and it feels like a bit of weight. So 40 liters of luggage on the back of the T7 is a lot. It's not, it's not like, I, it's fine, but uh, it, what am I trying to say here? It's not like I could fill up a 40 liter pack uh, going to work for a standard commute. So in that respect, I, I haven't used it. Uh, I've used it a couple of times just to see what it was like and it was waterproof and it was fine, it was great. I actually uh, like it on the back of the Panamerica because it's got a wider pillion seat and rack setup um, and it kind of it suits it quite nicely. Uh, Moscow Moto is an American brand as well so it fits on an American bike, it stands to reason. But um, yeah, I, I like it and I definitely, I'm definitely glad I've got it because any big trips coming up summer I'm really going to use it. Um, so I guess the jury is out on how good it is. I've seen it in action. Doug, who you may have heard on the podcast before, he's got one. He had everything for the moto camping trip loaded in his, including tent, and he loved it, and it worked well for him. So uh, check out the Moscow Moto Backcountry 40-litre duffel um, online. Other things to talk about, a Pan America. I mentioned I've got a Pan America in my garage right now, and that is right. I have the Harley Davidson Pan America. Now, you remember last year, I actually uh, had two stints with the Pan America. I had a really nice gray slash silver version. Right now, I've got the midnight black version in my garage, uh, and it's, um, it's a cool bike, man. Pan America is a cool bike. Uh, so Harley-Davidson Pan America, it's the first bike to feature the 1250cc Revolution Max engine, which is a revolution for Harley in that it is uh, completely electric, you know, um, oh, it's not electric. People tell me, oh, it's not electric, it's, it's, it's internal combustion. Yeah, it is. It's, it, but when you're talking Harley, it's a big deal in that it is fuel injected and water cooled. Um, so it's a 1250cc uh, uh, V-twin. Um, it's got a lot of electronical gizmos in it. It's got uh, variable valve timing. It's got electronic suspension. So you can set that uh, to either instantly or after a bit of a time delay. When you come to a stop, it lowers for you which is quite nice um you've got about four riding modes plus two custom modes <clears throat> rain road sport custom a custom b um and off-road as well which turns off your traction control you can turn off the traction control to one wheel but you can't turn it off to both it's got the harley davidson uh online <clears throat> excuse me it's got the Harley-Davidson connectivity, so the bike actually has Bluetooth. Pair that with your phone, open up the Harley-Davidson app, use the in-app navigation. It shows up on the massive color TFT display on the bike. And you've got volume and next track buttons, and you can answer calls and all that sort of jazz from the switch gear on the handlebars. I've said before that it has a lot of buttons, and it really does. Left-hand switch gear has left right up down and enter plus a menu and a home button uh, then on top of the switch gear you've got your um, high and low beam plus flasher you've got um, your uh, cruise control set and turn off plus um, 
up and down. You've got a cycle button and you've got your heated grips button. And then down below, your indicators and your horn. Over on the right-hand side, we'll start at the bottom, traction control and voice activation buttons. Then you've got play, pause, forward, backtrack, volume up and down buttons. Then you've got your uh, hazard lights, your starter and ignition, and your mode selector. So that's a lot of buttons purely on the handlebars, but it's the sort of thing that when you first look at, it seems like an awful lot. And after you know a week of riding, it's second nature. That said, the bike has a lot of technology. This is my third stint with it, third lot of, I'm into my, my fifth week with the bike and I haven't played with half of what it does. Uh, it's got an adjustable screen. What's really cool is you can adjust that screen from the, um, from the, the, the rider's seat. Um, and it's a cool bike. It is a cool bike. I mean, it's a bit thirsty. It's a 1250cc, and I'm used to a 700cc, so um, it, it does drink the gas a little bit. But, no, it's kind of cool, and I'm pretty happy to have it back in my life for uh, a couple of weeks. Um, it's got a shower suspension, a 47mm upside-down fork up front, uh, balanced free cushion, a free rear cushion light shock at the back with seven and a half inches of travel front and rear. Plus it's got, you know, it's all electronically controlled. Uh, Brembo brakes. It's got um, some really nice rims, actually, and they're all Harley-Davidson branded, but they are... Um, they're a spoked design, but they're a tubeless setup. Uh, so they're, they're really cool. I like them. And the tyres are uh, probably like a 70-30, 70 on-road, 30 off um, kind of setup. But um, the, the, t the factory, the, the OEM tyres are quite good as well. Uh, so you'd, you get a decent amount of kilometres, I reckon, out of the box. If you were to buy one brand new, you'd probably get at least... I would say 10,000 Ks in that first set of OEM tires and then you know it's up to you what you put on the bike from there. Um, chain driven too is something I should point out for the uh, Pan America, I mean Harley Davidson's they're not known for being chain driven but the Pan America is, makes uh, just one less thing to worry about when you're um, when you are getting out on the gravel roads, you know you flick up a stone and get it in the belt and there's the belt done and you're uh, waiting for a tow truck where you've got that chain you just got to look after it put some lube on it every now and then uh, and adjust the length but i mean that's that's nothing for most people and it does quite well and there are photos of it doing jumps um a wet weight of 559 pounds i haven't got a pounds to kgs conversion on me right this second you do the math but um it's not hugely light uh what else can i tell you <clears throat> probably nothing pan america is good uh might take you for a ride on that next episode we'll see how we go for time um but that brings me to one more thing that i got to talk to you about it's a bit of an, an embarrassment of riches in my garage at the moment uh tenere 700 pan america got todd's bucket bike a little uh r15 start it up for you here you go
good to know it still starts. Um, done a little bit of work on that. Todd's put a, uh, a new racing ECU in that. Uh, we've replaced the clutch cable. Um, we've got an aftermarket clutch lever. He's, he's adjusted the uh, clip-ons quite a bit. Um, and we've uh, we've changed the sprocket. I think we've got a 12-tooth front sprocket. So um, I'm looking forward to him coming back to New Zealand. He's been away in Australia a couple of weeks and, and maybe actually getting this bike on the track and seeing if all the work we've done on it has paid off. Uh, but I've got one more bike in the garage. As I said, it's a bit of a, an embarrassment of riches. I've got the Beta RR430. And when we got that bike, we've got it on an extended long-term test from Beta New Zealand, and uh, it's road legal, so I had to take it out on the road and test it, and I've done a couple of days commuting, and I've done a little bit of work off-road, but I, I didn't want to ruin the tyres that came on. It came on a really nice set of Maxxis Enduro tyres, which uh, I've never really had a bike that gave me that much traction and grip and confidence off-road before so i didn't want to destroy them uh, we put the call out to a few of the distributors around the country forms and davies said yeah yeah we'll chuck you a new set of tires no dramas give us uh, some feedback on these so we've put in a we've put a Karoo extreme on the back and an mc360r front and I have done precisely 32 kilometers on these tires. So I'm not in a position to give you any feedback on them, um, except to say that the MC360R on the front, one of the big selling points of that tire is that it has no silica. It's a 100% carbon black tire, which means that it should be really hard wearing. It should be uh, tear resistant. It should be solid. Uh, and, and, and it shouldn't, we shouldn't be ripping any knobs or any lugs or anything like that off in the dirt. It should be really solid and good and dependable and grippy. Uh, that does have a downside uh, of not being all that grippy on the road. Now, when it comes to tyres, it's the silica com component in the tyre that gives you your cold temperature grip. I mean, I'm really oversimplifying this here. But essentially, carbon black is the, the hardness of your tyre, and the silica is how grippy it will be before it warm, warms up, and then all the kind of uh, ingredients work together when it warms up to give you your warm weather grip. Uh, so, stone cold morning here in Lower Hunt was a frost, it was three degrees when I left home, and I didn't think about any of that. I left home as normal, usually riding the T7, which has, you know, 50-50 or 70-30 tyres. But uh, I was on these brand new tyres on the Beta RR430. And I made it around one corner, no dramas. I pulled the brake on for the intersection at the end of my street. And I pulled it on too hard. I didn't think about the conditions. I didn't think about how much grip I had. I just yanked on the brake uh, like I was on the T7 and expected it to stop. And locked up the front, couldn't unlock it. The front washed out and I went down on my left-hand side at about 40 kilometers per hour. So I hit the ground with my left hand, my left elbow and then my arm went up and I landed on my side. My left hip hit the ground, my left knee hit the ground and I slid down the road for five or six meters. 
The bike landed on its left-hand side and slid down the road probably another 10 metres. And although there's a couple of wee scratches to the end of the bars, and I think I've got a couple of wee nicks on the swing arm, the bike itself is fine, so no dramas there. And don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming the tyres. I'm... I mean, that, that, that was the reason why the front locked up so easily. But it was my fault because I was riding... I wasn't riding well enough for the fact that I had brand new and knobbly tyres on the bike. I should have paid attention and, and been more gentle on the brakes. Um, so I've spent the last week with a swollen up knee, quite painful. That's basically the biggest damage I've done. I've got a few bruises up my left hand side. I've put a nice big hole in my Revit uh, Dirt Series component pants. Um, hasn't gone right through they did a, an amazing job as far as uh, saving my my skin I was wearing my um, former adventure boots no drama no damage to my feet or my ankles or my lower legs I was also wearing the one ton apex riding jacket which has a few scrapes and scuffs up the elbow and I really probably shouldn't be wearing that anymore. I mean, it's got elbow protection, shoulder protection, back protection, and it's done a great job. There's a few holes in the elbow now. Um, there's a hole in the pocket where I've scuffed up the side, and it's all like friction burns, kind of melted because I've skidded along the ground and created so much heat due to friction. So um, I've damaged some gear. I haven't damaged myself too much. My knee's coming right, uh, but it, it's kind of you know, uh, a lesson to be learnt. Uh, I've never actually come off on the road before. Never have I dropped a road bike. I've dropped dirt bikes on the dirt, no drums. I've dropped road bikes or adventure bikes on the dirt, but I've never come off on the road. And I've done very similar, I've come off very similar plays, you know, in similar situations, similar ways on the dirt and never had any serious injuries. But on the road, what turned out to be pretty uh, innocuous off um, has actually put the wind up me a bit and makes me want to share this with you because if you're not wearing decent gear you don't know when the next time you're going to come off your bike is and you're going to lose skin and it's going to be effing painful so do me a favor do yourself a favor have a look at your gear and make sure that what you're wearing is suitable for the way you're riding. Um, my gloves are floating around here somewhere and I, uh, here they are. Uh, I've got a set of Magna Exile gloves. That was, my left hand inside the Magna Exile glove was the first thing to hit the ground. And I'm looking at it right now and there, you couldn't tell that it has slid, slid down the road. The glove itself is in perfect condition. So get yourself some decent gloves. Don't ride around in motocross gloves. Like I have ridden around in motocross gloves. I used to ride in motocross gloves all the time. Before I rode in motocross gloves, I never wore gloves at all. And I am thankful that I didn't come off until I had all the gear. So please check your gear, go and get some decent gear. Do yourself a favor, because if you come off not wearing decent gear, it's gonna hurt.
It really is. Um, I, I don't really know what else to tell you other than I'm thankful that I had, and it was only a 40 kilometer an hour off, so I'm stoked that I had all the gear, and now I've got to replace it. Um, I've got to get new a new jacket, new uh, you know cold weather touring jacket. I'm going to get some more Revit um, gear because it did an amazing job, and it's still waterproof. I, I'm still riding in those pants because I kind of have to. I haven't really got anything else to replace them with at the moment. But even with holes, they're still waterproof. So they've done a great job. Uh, so if you are looking at gear, I, I would highly recommend Revit. I, I really like Revit from my experiences so far. And the anecdotal evidence from other people who have worn it. Um, but you do you. Go to a motorbike shop, try a whole stack of stuff on, see what fits, see what's comfortable, see what's in your price bracket, and make sure that you are prepared for your next slide down the road. I told you that was a bit more of a somber topic than we are used to here on the podcast. Um, but yeah, otherwise, tickety-boo, all is good. Uh, there's an update for the old Cardo Pack Talk Edge, so if you've got one of those models, make sure you do that update and uh, you might be surprised with some of the feature upgrades. Otherwise, uh, that is pretty much me. I've been Ray Heron. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get hold of me, you can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz, or you can get in touch through social media. Podcast uh, Kiwi Rider Podcast is on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I'm also on Instagram under MotoNZ uh, and T7 Adventures. T7 Adventures just ticked over 10,000 followers. So if you're one of those followers, thank you very much for hitting that follow button and um, sing out, say good day, leave a comment on, on any of the content that we put up. Uh, MotoNZ.com, MotoNZ.com is the website. Uh, photos, videos, uh, written content, it all goes up there. Check out the latest Kiwi Rider magazine out at kiwirider.co.nz and Matt's website. Go on, give Matt some love because uh, COVID is not fun. He's uh, on throttle.co.nz. Otherwise, this has been Kiwi Rider Podcast. I've been Ray Heron. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. <laughs>